This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Pit is brought to you by Vigoro, Grain, and Krylon. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to help you with your home improvement project, so help yourself first. Pick up the phone and call us because this is a listener participation sport. you got to call us so that we can help. 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974 is the phone number. And... You know what? Doing a home improvement project can be just like sport because you kind of compete with yourself to get it done, right? Keep that motivation up. (laughs) It's true. Don't make any mistakes. No errors on the play. (laughs) We can help with all of that. So give us a call. We are here for you. Coming up this hour on the program, you think of your home as a safe place, but could the opposite be true? We've got tips to help you find and fix the hidden household dangers coming up. And if you think arbors and pergolas only exist on the pages of magazines, you need to think again. General contractor Tommy Silva from TV's This Old House is here with do-it-yourself tips for building wooden structures for your lawn and garden. And speaking of your lawn and garden, mulch is an important element to any spring garden or landscape plans, but how much mulch is too much mulch? And who knew there were about seven different types of mulch to choose from? We're going to have tips on how to choose mulch to make your garden grow, including an important caution about which type of mulch can grow fungus that's almost impossible to get rid of, the dreaded artillery fungus, right? Ugh. It's such a pain in the butt. You can't really get rid of that off of certain things. So you got to be careful with which one you choose. And also this hour, we've got a great prize up for grabs. We're giving away a Husky 11-piece screwdriver set and a 20-piece ratcheting wrench set. Now, Husky tools aren't just engineered to last forever. They're guaranteed to last forever. It's a prize set valued at $60. It's a great addition to any tool collection, but especially great for the caller who wins it free this hour just by talking to us. See how easy that is. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Dan in Pennsylvania is on the line with a plumbing question. What can we help you with? Yes, uh, my son has an older house with uh, cast iron or steel drain pipes, and they go. The main line goes straight down from the toilet and then under the basement floor, and he's continually getting clogs because of the the cast iron gets rough over time and tends to catch things. So I'm wondering, I realize normal drain lines, you drop them an inch a foot so you don't uh, get too too fast to drain and pull, siphon out the uh, traps. But can you, with the main line, can you do pretty much whatever you want with that? Uh, like, say, 245s and then straight down to get it to the edge of the property. And then uh, that, well, that way I don't have to tear up a little bit to get to uh, out of the, the house with the, 
Well, you may not have to tear anything up. There's a pipe lining technology that you can consider where essentially they reline the cast iron pipes with a fiberglass sleeve that's smooth and doesn't have those types of obstructions. It also helps stop root growth that can sometimes get into the seams of, of cast iron piping. Um, and that can be done with the pipes in place. You wouldn't have to tear anything up. I would have to cut the pipe, I guess, because it goes down and then underneath a portion of the basement at like some sort of a, probably a 90 and there may be a trap in under the basement floor as well. Well, but all of this can be done without you having to access it because the way the pipelining works is, first of all, they put a camera down there to figure out which way the drains are going, and they can do that with a pipe camera. And then they run what looks kind of like a fiberglass sock through the pipe, and it's kind of like if you can imagine turning a sock inside out, they do that with water pressure and it turns inside out and sort of forms against the uh, inner walls of the cast iron pipe and then sort of dries and hardens to this sort of very strong, smooth surface that won't obstruct the flow. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Dan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And North Dakota, you're on the Money Pit. How can we help you? I am living in a house that is over 100 years old. And it has an open staircase. The problem is, is that there is a bedroom that is above the staircase and adjoins it at the top. And part of that bedroom is cantilevered partially and then totally over the open staircase. And I have a big crack that's developing on an open area. And that area is cantilevered out about six feet from a load supporting wall. And I don't know if I can just patch it or if I need to put a support beam or jack or something underneath it because this area is getting pretty worrisome. I've got two cracks that are about three-eighths of an inch and pretty long. So, Anne, are these new cracks or has it always been cracked? It's always been cracked, but it's been a hairline for many years. Oh, boy. And then we had a massive flood. How long ago was the flood? That was in 97. And then the ground has been shifting ever since. Since that flood, the cracks have gotten bigger. When we have cracks in walls and foundations and things like that, we always like to determine if they're active or inactive, because frankly, all homes have cracks. If you tell me that over the last 20 or so years that this crack has opened from a hairline to three-eighths of an inch... It might be active. I'm not actually convinced of that yet, but I am concerned enough to tell you that you probably should have it looked at by an expert. What I'd like you to do is go to the website for the American Society of Home Inspectors. That's ASHI, A-S-H-I dot com. And find a home inspector in your area. There's a zip code sorting tool there that's a member of ASHI. And talk to two or three of them and, and, and find one that specializes in structural Uh, issues like this and have them look at it and see if we can determine based on that inspection whether or not this is an active ongoing situation or just a crack in an old plaster wall that needs to be fixed. Uh, It's not unusual for old homes to have lots of cracks in them and especially around a staircase because just the way homes were framed back then is different than they would be today and so that's not an uncommon area for cracks to develop. But I think we need to determine for your own sort of sanity, if nothing else, whether or not this is active and ongoing or something that's really just historical. Does that make sense? It sure does. All right, and good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, you know what they say, April showers bring May flowers. So are you prepared for all the rain we're going to get this month? 
Well, whatever it is you are working on at your money pit, whether it's making it drier or making it more pretty or more structurally sound, we can give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, you swapped out the smoke detector batteries and you cleared the toys off the stairs. But are there other hazards lurking in your home? Find out when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Pit is brought to you by Vigoro. The Vigoro brand offers quality products for your lawn and garden at the ultimate value. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Visit your local store today. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. And if we talk to you on the air this hour, you could win a Husky 11-piece screwdriver set plus a 20-piece ratcheting wrench set. Yeah, you know, Husky's modern handle and their body designs will actually let you work in super tight areas and you're not going to sacrifice any accuracy. And our winner will never be short a screwdriver again. The 11-piece screwdriver set includes five slotted screwdrivers, four Phillips, and two offsets. Combined with a wrench set, it's a 31-piece prize valued at 60 bucks, but it's going out free to one lucky caller. Drawn at random, make that caller you. Pick up the phone and call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Sparky and Georgia on the line with, fittingly, an electrical question. What can we do for you? Hi, I'm in a pre-wired home that has RG59 coaxial cable coming into each room. I need to replace that now with RG6, which is a thicker coaxial cable. 
what is the best way to going through to replace all those? Well, generally, whenever you want to rewire anything in a house, it doesn't always make sense to remove what's there. What you'll generally do is cut it back, and you'll just essentially you're going to run the new cable. Uh, as if you were putting it in for the first time. Of course, because the house is already up, it's tricky to do this, to run it through walls and stuff, but you would use wire snakes to do this. And sometimes if the cable is loose in the wall, you can actually uh, attach the new cable to the old cable and pull it through at the same time. Sometimes you can get away with that, but it basically takes a lot of skill to run new wires in a house that's already up, and that's pretty much the way you do it. The answer is any way you can. So if your cable's loose and you can pull one end up and tie the other end to it so that you're kind of pulling it all the way through. You do that. Um, if you can't do that because it's nailed in place, then what you might do is just sort of snip off the ends, tuck it away in the wall, and run a new cable next to it. But basically, it's uh, it's a bit of a tricky job, and uh, you try to get it done any way you can. I got you. Very good. You've been helpful. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're heading over to Virginia where Margaret has a question about a bathtub. Tell us what's going on. We have an old cast iron tub and it's real rusty uh, in spots. And uh, I'm wondering what we could do to restore it. Now when you say real rusty in spots, are we talking about big spots or are we talking about like small little ones from a chip here and there? No, we're talking about big spots because the water, it was not good water when we first moved here. And so it had a lot of wear and tear on it about 40 years before we moved here, and we've been living here probably about 45 years. So So your tub's almost 100 years old, huh? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, it served the house well. It's not going to last forever. It needs to be reglazed at this point. And I've had uh, some experience with folks that have tried to reglaze these tubs inside the house and it can be done it's an awfully messy and intensive job and and unless it's done professionally it doesn't seem to last very long there are uh, home reglazing kits and rust only and makes one that's for tub and tile but i wouldn't expect it to last all that long the best way to do this is to have the tub taken out and reglazed but if you're going to do all that you might as well replace it and not just have that not just not have that reglaze unless it's particularly beautiful. Um, I think those are your options. It's not easy to do a touch up to something like this when it's just got so, you know, it's got almost a, a hundred years of wear and tear on it. Oh, it's, yes. Yes. Okay. That was my question. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, Margaret, there's no easy way to remove a hundred years of wear and tear on that tub. Uh, and so you're probably better off just replacing it. Well, you want your home to be a safe place, but unfortunately, many homes have hidden dangers that can make them unsafe if they're not fixed. That's right. And here are a few of the most common ones that you might not be aware of. First up, we're going to start with your chimney. Now, creosote buildup from all those crackling fires that you enjoyed this super cold winter can lead to a flu fire. So you want to make sure to have your chimney checked and cleaned well before you start firing it up again next season. A more surprising hazard might be your garage door. Modern garage doors include a safety feature to make them reverse direction if they come into contact with anything other than the floor, like, say, your foot. You want to test yours occasionally to make sure that this important feature is working because they do fall out of adjustment and sometimes need to be tweaked. Yeah, and now we all know that kids, regardless of their age, now I've got small ones, two and six, so I know that mine are as agile as monkeys. So when it comes to climbing, kids are going to climb on pretty much 
anything that they can, whether it's an appliance, a TV, a stove, a bookcase, anything that you've got climbable, you've got to make sure that it's not going to be a tipping hazard. So you have to secure it to a wall. And this includes any of your bookcases, tall pieces of furniture. You know, you got to kind of think like a kid. Think, how can I get a toehold on this and then secure that to the wall? Definitely. And finally, let's talk about gutters. Now, that's something you might not think could cause any harm, right? But anyone who's ever had a clogged gutter can tell you about the damage they cause. My goodness, structural failures of foundations, icy sidewalks, ice dams, roof leaks. There's just dozens of home improvement problems that can be caused by clogged gutters. So give your gutters a seasonal cleaning so that they don't clog up and send rainwater where it's not supposed to be. Pat in Louisiana is on the line and needs some help with a cleaning project. What can we do for you? We had our carpet cleaned about a year ago. And in this bedroom, we have a heavy, clear plastic mat that goes underneath a computer chair. Well, recently I moved it over a bit, and I noticed that it was wet underneath it. There's no leak in the roof. Water hasn't come in the house. So the only thing that can be is a year ago the water from the carpet cleaning surface got underneath this mat, and it's been there all this time. Mm, Okay. So we cut out a large circle, like a five-foot circle, and got all the part out that was wet. So we're going to have to replace the carpet and the pad. But... On the concrete, the bare concrete, there are some spots uh, of discoloration. So I don't know if that's mold or mildew. My question is, how do I clean that concrete before we have the new carpet installed? The concrete spots, if, if anything, are mineral salt deposits. It's not mold. Okay. And so it's it's really cosmetic at this point. If you, you can wash it down with a vinegar and water solution, it'll melt the mineral salt deposits away. But the other thing that, that occurs to me is sometimes concrete will draw moisture into a house. And so if anywhere near that area outside, you've got water that's ponding or, or collecting, it's possible for the, the concrete to sort of draw that moisture up into the slab and across, and it may not have been able to evaporate where the pad was covering the concrete, which is why that area stayed damp, whereas the other area dried out. So there may be a different explanation as to why that stayed wet. One of the things that you might want to do since you have the carpet pulled all the way back is to paint the concrete. Uh, paint that area with an epoxy paint that will seal in that concrete and stop some of the evaporation if the moisture is being drawn through it and up into the floor surface. So should I, we paint the whole room? We don't have all of the carpet up yet. We just cut up cut out the middle part. Well, if you're going to take all the carpet up, then paint the whole floor. Um, if you're only going to take part of it up, then just paint what you can get to. But I would definitely paint the floor. Okay. That'll do it. Pat, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Doug in Rhode Island is dealing with a squeaky floor. Tell us, Doug, where is it? I have a, uh, there's a couple of spots in the master bedroom where when you walk over those spots, they squeak. Now, the room has wall-to-wall carpeting. And I'm wondering if there's some type of a fastener that can go through the carpeting without damaging the carpeting. And I, but I also have access uh, to the joist and subfloor from the basement, and I don't know if there's something I could do with that from that end. Yeah, there is. Now, how old is your house, Doug? It's 25 years old. Okay, perfect. So there's two things you can do here. First of all, the reason the floor is squeaking is because there's movement between the subfloor and the floor joist. So if you can tighten up the attachment of the subfloor to the floor joist, um, then it's going to quiet the squeak. Now, you can actually do this through the carpet, and this is method one. If you can identify where the floor joist is 
through that carpet by use of like a stud finder because they can they can look actually deep into the floorboards about three inches in there. So if you can find where those joists are, you can either take a finish nail, and I like to use a galvanized like number 10 or number 12 finish nail, and I'll drive it through the carpet at a slight angle so it's going through the carpet, through the subfloor, and into the floor joist. Then what you do is grab the carpet nap and like sort of pull it up so it comes through the head of the nail and kind of brush it and it will disappear. When you first do nail the, the drive the nail in, the carpet will look dimpled, but if you grab the nap of it and pull it up so it, it actually pierces the nail, you can sort of make it disappear. You can also do this with a, what's called a breakaway screw. There's a, a screw that's like a drywall screw, except it's designed to snap off at the head. And that can be done through carpets. Now, he asked about doing something from below. Yes, what you could do also is if you could figure out the noisy places, um, you could take a block of wood, like I've done this with like maybe like a, a, a one by three or a two by four, and I'll put a lot of uh, adhesive uh, like a liquid nails, a construction adhesive on two edges of the board, like the places, the part that's going to be up against the subfloor and the part that will be up against the floor joist. And I'll put like the three and a half inch side against the floor joist and push it up tight into the subfloor and then I'll screw it into the floor joist so it's really tight, right? And then I'll kind of leave it alone and let it dry. And that will give you some additional uh, support for that loose area and that can quiet the squeak as well. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. Okay. Oh, I appreciate it. I'll try it again. All right. Good luck, Doug. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, here's one way that you can make your yard or garden the talk of your neighborhood. You can build an arbor or a pergola. You know, they're really more do-it-yourself friendly than they look. So we've got Tom Silva from TV's This Old House up next to tell us how. Hi, I'm Kevin O'Connor, host of This Old House on PBS. From floorboards to shingles, you're tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show with Tom and Leslie. On the Money Pit Radio Show Pick up the telephone Fix up your home sweet home By calling 888-MONEY-PIT Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. 
That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's time to welcome a brand new Money Pit affiliate in the great state of Pennsylvania, WCED-FM 107.9 in Rockton. Rock on, Rockton, and welcome to the Money Pit family. Now we've got Marie calling into the Money Pit with a cabinet question. How can we help you today? And I'm in a dilemma over kitchen cabinets. I really like this uh, fairly contemporary look, but it's a slab. We're, at the, we're on the salt water, and I've been told to maybe stay away from a slab cabinet door because of the way it um, expands and shrinks. What's your opinion on that or your advice? When you say slab, are you talking about like a full overlay? No, it's, it's an actual slab. I don't think it's an overlay or veneer at all. I think you mean a solid wood door, one-piece wood door, as opposed to one that's made up of uh, panels, like a raised panel door? Yes, it's not a raised panel, but you can actually see the pieces of wood. Well, I guess they're glued together, but there's no raised panels or anything on it. Yeah, it's a solid piece of wood. It's a laminated laminated door, basically solid pieces of wood glued together. I, I don't know. I mean, if the door is made right and the wood is dried when it was built and it's sealed properly... I don't think it's more or less likely to swell than uh, than, a, than a, a raised panel door would be. You know, that makes total sense the way you put it that way. Why wouldn't they dry it out first and then seal right. it properly? Huh, I never even thought about it in that context. You know, the boxes themselves that the cabinets are, you know, the cabinet box is going to be constructed out of, you know, a wood laminated ply so or, or something that's more structurally stable. And I, I don't think you have to be concerned about the door. Hmm, I, 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 I think looking at it from that point of view, maybe I won't be. I've had people tell me that they're just going to get all walked. And, but why would they if, if it is, like you said, a reliable cabinet maker? I guess that would right. be the, the question. Exactly. Good quality cabinet should be dimensionally stable. I agree with you. Oh, I found a beautiful door, and I think I might go for it then. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you flip through any lawn or garden magazine, you're sure to come across landscapes that include arbors and pergolas. These wooden yard structures are so beautiful and well within most DIYers' reach. That's right. And here with tips for building both, we welcome this old house general contractor, Tom Silva. Welcome, Tom. Nice to be here, guys. Now, this is a project that I think a lot of folks are interested in because outdoor living is so important today. We want to get outside and really enjoy that space, kind of treat it like an extension of our own living rooms or kitchens or the places that make us comfortable. These are the types of additions that can do that. Let's start by talking about what the difference is between an arbor and a pergola. So what's an arbor? Well, think of an arbor as almost like an accent piece that gets you into the front entry of your house or maybe into the garden. It's like a doorway to the outside of your garden to walk through this little entryway. So it's just a nice architectural feature that kind of helps to establish the space. Right. 
So what's a pergola? A pergola is like a freestanding structure, usually with like four legs, maybe six legs, depending on your design. And it's, you know, a place that you can sit under and entertain. Now, does it have a permanent roof? It doesn't have a permanent roof. Lots of times you have the plants that will grow up over the roof or the ceiling of it. It's because the roof design in lots of cases are strips of wood or lattice, and that allows the plants to grow on it. Now, because it's a fairly large structure, it's going to have some weight to it, some heft to it. Does it have to be properly secured to the ground just like you would any deck, for example? Well, it has to be secured to the ground properly, so you're probably going to have to go into the ground, at least to your frost line, because you don't want it to come up and down. But I guess the biggest thing you want to think about with a pergola is whether or not you need a building permit to build it, because you don't want to have that thing built and then find out that you're too close to the lot line or you had to go down a certain depth for your footings, and you want to make sure that you've done all that right. Now, what about an arbor? That sounds like it's a lot simpler project. Arbor is a lot simpler. I mean, an arbor is that entryway into your garden or whatever, and you put some lattice work on it, and you've got a nice little place to grow some plants. Now, let's talk about materials. There's a lot of choices out there in weather-resistant materials. If you just wanted to tackle a project yourself, you're a DIYer, would you simply start with pressure-treated? Pressure-treated is a great way to start. I mean, it's inexpensive wood, or you can go the next route up. You can go to a cedar. A red cedar is not as good as a white cedar, but it will hold up. It can give you some life. If you wanted to use an accent wood like an oak, I would stay away from red oak because it won't hold up to the weather. A white oak will hold up, but you're going to have to really treat that wood and make sure you really treat the part that goes into the ground. Now, it occurs to me that this may be the one and only time you can do a really, really good job finishing this wood structure, because especially if you're going to put vines on it, you're never going to get them off. Right. You can't mask around the ivy. Right, right. So what would you actually do on finishing these before you actually start your planning? If you're going to use pressure treated, you got to think about how you're going to finish it if you don't like the natural look of that wood. And it can be a real issue later on when the plants start growing. Great point. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Can't wait to get started. Perhaps you will tackle it as well this weekend. Thanks, guys. It's always nice to be here. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by GMC. GMC, we are professional grade. Up next, it's mulching season. We'll have tips on how to mulch for the best weed-free results when the Money Pit continues. You live in a Money Pit. When you're ready to search for a home, start at Realtor.com. Realtor.com is the most accurate home search site. And be sure to work with a Realtor to help you through the process. Realtor.com and Realtors. Together, we make home happen. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number to call here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one of you lucky callers that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a Husky prize pack, and that's going to include an 11-piece screwdriver set and a 20-piece ratcheting wrench set. All are sleeker and easier to use than ever before, and of course, you are not sacrificing any accuracy. It's a prize pack worth 60 bucks. You can visit homedepot.com to learn more and call us right now for the answer to your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Caitlin and I was on the line and need some help restoring an old bath. Tell us what's going on. Hi. Um, my husband and I moved into our 1917 farmhouse about a year ago, and our main bathroom only has a clawfoot tub, and we would like a shower in it. 
So I was wondering if you had any tips on restoring the clawfoot tub and installing a shower kit. So you want to keep the tub, right? You don't want to put a separate shower. You just want to basically plumb up a shower head into that, correct? Correct. Since it's a clawfoot tub, if you disconnect the plumbing, then you can get that out of the house because the best way to, to refinish that, resurface that, is to send it out to a company that does that because if you do it in the house itself, they can come in with acids and they can etch the old finish and they can add a new finish and then they can bring in heat lights and bacon on. But I found that it doesn't work nearly as well as basically sending it out to a place that's set up to re-enamel a tub. And then you're going to have one that really lasts for the long haul. And um, after that, you know, installing a shower kit to that is, is pretty much a plumbing project. Lots of places like Restoration Hardware um, have kits where you can find them online where you could basically plumb up the pipe that comes up and then arcs over for the shower head and you need a nice circular shower curtain, um, a shower bar above it for a curtain. And, you know, all that's easy, but the hard part is getting the tub re-enameled. Okay. And how costly is re-enameling a tub? It's probably not as expensive as buying a new tub, and it's going to last indefinitely. Okay. Well, thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, mulch can give your lawn or your garden a very clean, finished look. But did you know that mulch is very beneficial to your plants and soil as well? We've got advice on how and when to mulch in this week's Lawn and Garden Tip, presented by Vigoro. Yeah, I guess a lot of people don't realize this, but mulch does a lot of things for your landscaping beds, including reducing the surface evaporation of moisture from the soil, protecting shallow-rooted plants, discouraging weed growth, and improving water penetration. Now, you can mulch any time of the year, but the areas to be mulched should be cleared of weeds, leaves, and grass. You want to use at least three inches of mulch, too, for an effective covering. Now, when it comes to the material, there are a lot of choices out there when it comes to mulch, and it comes down to appearance more than cost. Now, you can find both natural and man-made mulches from wood to stone to rubber. And that's your lawn and garden tip presented by Vigoro. Vigoro's mulch includes rubber and will soon introduce new wood mulch in red, brown, and black. Availability varies by market. Vigoro offers high-quality lawn and garden products at the ultimate value. Find the entire Vigoro line only at the Home Depot. Visit homedepot.com to learn more. Michael in West Virginia is on the line with some questions about windows. How can we help you? Uh, yes, I'm getting ready to do replacement windows in my house. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, um, I've gotten a few estimates from some of the window companies. And I don't want to mention any major brands or anything, but I know that when they came to do a job across from me, they told the man that after they give him an estimate and everything, they come in and they said that this was the cost of the window. Well, then once they got there, they told him that that didn't include the capping, it didn't include this, it didn't include that. <laughs> I hope you didn't call that company. Well, I'm not going to call that company, but I mean, that's they're a major corporation and yeah, well, I don't care how big they are. That's just bad form. You just don't do that. I was debating on whether just going ahead and having a company go ahead and measure my windows. I've had two or three estimates, so they've already been measured, and I'm going to measure them again myself and then order them from a, a, you know, a contractor like Lowe's or maybe from Pella Windows or somebody like that. And I just was wondering what you all thought about the warranties on the windows. Okay, well, first of all, 
there's a label on Windows that's very helpful, and it's called it's the National Fenestration Rating Council or the NFRC label, and it's going to give you some key indicators of the quality of the window. And so when you're looking at these windows, you want to know what that data is, because this way you can compare and contrast as to what's the most efficient window. Now, in terms of do-it-yourself or not, um, you know, it's not terribly difficult to install replacement windows if you're if you have some basic carpentry skills. Um, and if that's the case, you know, you could go ahead and order them and, and, and do the installation yourself. I generally tell people not to do their own ordering because each type of replacement window gets fitted slightly different and you're always better off having the manufacturer or the retailer do the measuring even if there's an additional fee this way if it doesn't fit it's their problem not yours <clears throat> but in terms of what happened to your neighbor i think that should be the exception and not the rule i can't imagine a company pulling that but you know there's always people out there that try these these uh, these types of approaches where they show up with the windows and say oh by the way it's going to be a lot more to complete this installation uh, typically, you can get a price for the window, and installation includes uh, the uh, recovering of all of the trim, if it's going to be covered by aluminum or whatever. That's all specified out in the bid. So I guess your neighbor didn't know enough to kind of check for that or ask for that, but all of that work should be specified in advance. And if it is, you know, then it's a relatively painless process. So I would definitely suggest you stick with name brand windows like Pella, like Anderson, like Simonton. And with their dealers that they work with, they usually have their own set of installers that I think with those bigger brands, you're less likely to run into that. The problem with the replacement windows is it's just there's so many people in the business and they all have different sources of the windows and, and you just don't always get what you think you're paying for. Michael, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, when it comes to painting, clean, crisp paint lines will give your paint project that professional look. But if you don't have a pro steady hand, no worries. We are going to share a do-it-yourself trick of the trade next. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Pit is presented by Quick Crate Concrete and Cement Products. Quick Crate, what America's made of. Like us on Facebook and visit online at www.quickcrate.com for product information and easy step-by-step project videos. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Okay, why DIY alone when you can have Leslie and me there with you? Perhaps not in person, but listening to us is the next best thing. You can get that if you subscribe to the Money Pit Podcast. You'll get this show when you want, whenever you want. Just click on the radio and podcast section on the homepage of moneypit.com. You can visit and subscribe today. All right, and while you're online, you should post your question, of course, in the Money Pit Community section. And I've got one here from Phil in Arizona who writes, Hi, Tom and Leslie. My question, how can I get a nice clean paint lines when I'm repainting? I got burnt years ago when paint seeped under the painter's tape and ruined the entire job. Any suggestions? Well, if we all had a steady hand like a professional painter, this wouldn't be an issue. But there's a lot of high-quality tape today that makes this a little bit easier, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's in the quality of the tape, and there's really a bunch of different kinds. You might want to consider frog tape. They've got a multi-surface painter's tape, or even Scotch Blues painter's tape with edge lock paint technology. Now, what both do, 
probably in a different formulation, but both tapes, what they will do is when you place them on the wall and then when you run that first line of paint down that edge of the tape, it sort of creates this sealed with like a polymer that creates, you know, like a lip between the tape and the wall so that the paint will never seep underneath. So that's a really interesting technology. And I think, Phil, because you're located in Arizona, you want to make sure that you do look at a tape that will work for multi-surfaces because I've found in working on the makeover shows that whenever I've been in states, either in the South or in Arizona or in New Mexico, you get a lot of textured wall surfaces and that could have been part of your problem. So you want to make sure you're working with something that will really work well for the type of wall surface that you're working on. All right. Lori's up in Boston. She says, I need to buy some indoor filters. How low is too low when it comes to the MERV rating? So I guess we should start by telling folks what the MERV rating is. That's like a big big word for a homeowner. It's a big word. It basically is the minimum efficiency reporting value. And it's a way to compare and contrast filters. Now, generally, it doesn't take more than a few dollars per filter to jump up several grades higher on the MERV spectrum, Lori. So as a rule of thumb, I would go with something that's termed a microallergen filter, which usually has a MERV score of at least 11. But if you want to hone in on more than just ratings, there's a whole line of filtrate air filters that can weed out various particles dependent on your intended results. Even there's filters for reducing odors or allergens. You can get combination filters as well. And you can learn more about just that at moneypit.com. Yeah, and you know, I think it's important to point out, Lori, that the filter is not only going to affect the quality of air that you have in your house, it's going to also affect how efficient your system runs. So you want to make sure that you've got a high-quality filter that's doing a good job so that you feel well, but also helping you to have properly running equipment in your home as well. You know, the other thing that good filtration does is it cuts down on housework. And I think a lot of folks don't recognize this. But if you can scrub the air of the dust right where the air is being recirculated, then a lot less of that dust is going to land on the furniture. It's also not going to stain walls and ceilings because sometimes you get this sort of ghosting pattern, like black stains near where walls and ceilings come together. That's because that's sort of the coldest lumber area of the house. There's not much insulation where there's lumber. And so you'll get condensation there. And then if the air is dirty, it just sort of sticks there and you can get these really dark lines. It could look kind of spooky. And that's what we call it ghosting. Yeah. And you want to remember whichever filter you pick, make sure you change them according to the manufacturer's recommendations, because that will make sure everything's working well. And remember, the less money you spend, the less things you're stopping, because Tom likes to say those are pebble stoppers. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Happy home improvement, everybody. It's the spring season. Time to get up, get out, and get going. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 